Good day, sports fans across the world. Um, it's another boring weekend of international football. I don't have anything against international football, but <laughs> I'm missing the excite, ever exciting Premier League, the Spanish La Liga, the French League. But all the same, Ronaldo closer to the World Cup at Qatar 2020 to Messi making a 17-minute minute cameo in the win against Uruguay 1-0. That's the show today. My name is Alija Adebowali, still news in Star Sports. I have the game with me. Olawale has run away because there's no Premier League. Um, Very live on a band video scope, a YouTube channel, of course, on all the possible podcasts that you can think of. I'll let you take the lead on this one, Shay. Introduce yourself. Hello, sport fans around the world. Uh, welcome to today's show. Even though it's quite of a boring weekend without <laughs> club football, but we are here for you. And I'm very sure you're going to enjoy the show today. Welcome. Perfect. Olaika. Hi, my sports family. It's great to be back on this wonderful station. Sit back, relax, like I always say, and enjoy the show. All right. Oroku Sport fans, I don't agree with Dave and Shei that this is a boring weekend. Uh, amazing things happening in the World Cup qualifier. Lewis Hamilton not giving up in one of the most exciting Formula One seasons ever. All this we will digest and give you all the details. Stay tuned. All right, perfect. So like we always do, we're going to start from the best of the best, which is all the sports before we move to our football. Of course, um, so... There's a rumor going around, and um, not again a rumor, actually, as a matter of fact, it's more or less like an investigation in the NBA right now, uh, tampering probe into Lonzo Ball, Karilawe's um, accusation, and this is in an, an advanced stage. Olaika has all the juicy stuff for us on this one. Olaika. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it's, um, it's, it's a phenomenon that is very, very, I don't want to use the word common, but it happens a lot, not just in um, the in basketball, the NBA. It also happens in NFL. And for this particular issue, um, an investigation was conducted into um, possible pre-free agency tampering on um, on the sign and trade acquisition of Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry. Now, a pre an illegal pre-free season tampering charge basically states that look, there's a legal there's a legal period by which players that, that are going to become free agents. There's a legal period that teams can approach their, their agents. Yeah. Okay? However, in, in this scenario, apparently, um, um, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat, yeah. they did not do the right thing. They probably, they went to speak to the players directly, directly. instead of the agents, outside the legal window period. And honestly, the NBA, as we know, they're a very, very thorough association. They conducted interviews with um, team executives, the players, the player agents. And at the same time, they were also gathering um, information via electronic huh? messaging from office ex- executives of the four teams involved. The um, Chicago Bulls, who got yeah. ball from New Orleans Pelicans, as well mm-hmm. as Miami, who got Laurie from Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Now, now, it's, it's a big deal because um, since 2019, the NBA, they've been raising the maximum fine for teams caught up in such a, such, a scenario yeah. to $10 million. 
You can wow. imagine. You wow. can imagine a team losing ten million dollars wow. because they could not wait for a couple of more days. However, um, and even in addition to that, they could also suspend um, um, the team players. executive okay. of all of the of the the offending the or everything franchises and at the same time they also forfeit drop picks. So we were looking we we're looking on interestingly to see what is going to happen at the end of the day. And you know there, there's a precedent to this because um, a couple of um, I, th- I think it was last year the Milwaukee Bucks they were also charged for um, illegal pre 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 free agency tampering. And that was what made them lose a 20, the 2022 um, second round pick because they illegally um, tapped um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And wow. you know we're looking at history. Hopefully, hopefully the, the fine will not be too much, or they could even decide to acquit them. All right. I, I don't want to lose the balls to to have that feeling on the shoulders. He's a young lad. He's a young lad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice, nice. If if you ask me. Drop the ball, made them get the maximum fine. I I just don't know if I'm a franchise. I want to get fine because of Kyrie. Anyways, um, <laughs> Kashi, I'm gonna to come to you. The Bear dropped 39 points, 12 assists in their win against the New Orleans Pelican, and he said his body's coming back to to regular. I, I'm not believe, I'm not buying into that. Do you buy into that? Uh, I, I kind of buy into it. Uh, we saw this happen even during his um, whole drama and trying to leave the Houston Rockets last year. Last year. Yeah. Um, I don't think the beard likes to start the season when the season starts. Um, <laughs> it, takes him, it takes him a while to get his group going. And some people are like that. You know, we have this general saying, some people are morning people. Some people yeah, are yeah, night out. I don't does. think uh, um, James Harden likes to go gung ho at the very start of the season. Um, I want to. I really, truly, truly want to believe him, um, especially because his input is largely needed with what is happening with um, my very good with friend. Your, with your friend okay. um, um, but dropping thirty-seven is a good way to. Yeah, he's yeah. somebody who he knows his body there, and if he's telling you he's getting there, uh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. This guy started last year with a, a tummy bigger than mine, <laughs> and before before the all all star games or all star yeah. month, uh-huh, this guy uh-huh. was looking very trim. Exactly. So, yeah, um, he knows his body best. Let's give him that. All right, you, you actually convinced me for the first time in history. I'm convinced now. I'm convinced. And of course, Nikolai Yoki, aggressive response to um, to Murray's uh, push. There was a shot in that game, and um, it looks it was bad. Honestly, if you ask me, Murray, what Murray did was actually wrong, but Nikolai Yoki's response was more of a moderate one. Than uh, man, why did you push me? Kachi, do you agree with me? It, it looks murderous. Yes, uh, Nikola Jokic himself, the current or the reigning MVP, came out himself to say when he saw the video of of his push against yeah. Marquis Morris and how his neck snapped, uh-huh. uh, he himself was Felt very bad. afraid. Uh, he thought that that was too um, aggressive a reaction from him. Uh, but credit to him for owning up. Not everybody. Will come and own up and say, hey, I'm sorry. Um, 
because what happened was a bad react, reaction to an, an equally bad body bad, check by exactly. Matthew Morris. You know, the only thing was that Matthew Morris's own happened in the course of the so game, play, yeah. and you know, it was not a counteraction, so to speak. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. um, Nicola has been, has been suspended one game by the NBA. Um, some, some analysts think it's not enough because they want to put a stamp on reactions such as that. But one game means it's losing a significant paycheck. Um, let's not look at the number of games, but look at how much a game check costs um, the current MVP. Um, is running into several hundred forget about the money. That's that's the money is not it's, oh, never, it's never a problem. Forget about forget about can, the money. Can, forget about the money. But, but, but I, I want to change something in. Shaq O'Neal came out to defend Nikola Jokic. He said, When you push me like that, don't turn your back on me, face me like a man. Do you mm. think Shaq 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 is right? Shaq was known. Shaq was known for doing that throughout his career. Shaq is the kind of person that will dunk on you and lean on you till he brings you. You know, so he loves throwing his weight around. Yeah, it's always been what he does. As a matter of fact, one of the things people had against Nicola, and I think that's what led to that reaction, was that Nicola was too jovial and too soft for it for such a big man. You know, they likened him to a young man who never got angry on the pitch. And they uh -huh. think that the next step he needs to take to elevate his game. his game. Players need to start being afraid of Nicola. Right now, you see small small guys trying to defend against Nicola. When it was Shaq's turn and during Shaq's era, players made business decisions. When Shaq was driving to the paint, then you he, he would he literally see them open the lane. Nobody wanted to be hit by Shaq. So it's a two-way thing. Nicola needed to show that aggression that, come on, guys, you can't take me uh, for, granted. Uh, for granted, especially for the European players. They tend to not have the braggadociousness of American race players. Uh -huh. We see um, the current um, uh, finals MVP, Yanis Antetokounmpo. Uh -huh. They do things to him, but he does not retaliate. Yeah. Maybe this is the next step. To the total dominance of European players. Of the Europeans in the NBA. We'll wait and see. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for that. All right, all right, guys, I'm going to come to you now. Steph Curry, um, I know for the past, you know, when I like someone, I can't, I can't, I can't hide it, obviously. And that's one of the things that gives some catches nerves, but I don't care really. <laughs> but realistically, Steph has been doing great things. Now, Steph has actually become the, th the best three-pointers in, in, in the history of the NBA. It has taken him six seasons less than uh, Ray Allen to do that with, God, more than 3,000 points. And he's closing up to be one of the best in the history of the NBA. I know people, people okay, we, we spoke about this a uh, couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, and we're talking about the best uh, point guard and and funny enough Kachi brought up uh Sa okay sorry it's not Sa Isaiah Thomas <laughs> into the mix and he's one of the best I told him that Steph actually changed the way we perceive the NBA the way we see three pointers and a couple of weeks after he did this and Steph might be around for another three three four five years on top of his game he might be Honestly, what, what more can we say about Steph? I mean, he's 
is 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 a 33-year-old guy that looks like a 25-year-old guy in first place. He looks so young. That means he's he must be a very, very good disciplined dietitian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's that's one of my that's one of the things I love about him. And so far this season, you look at the fact that they played 12 matches, they've won 11. The only team in both conferences to do such. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it boils down, it comes down to, to the current form of Steph. I mean, he throws three points from even, in fact, from <laughs> even the middle of the pack. The middle of the, middle of the court. Training with ease. I mean, yeah. it's someone that just, you cannot take anything away from the fact that he is going to be the biggest, the best three-point shooter that the he, game of basketball has ever Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and as an hour, he has three, he has three NBA titles. And at this rate, um, by the time Clay Thompson comes back to add more muscle, more finesse to that team, I mean, you see, we are going to see, we are going to see a different Steph Curry. At the same time, when you look at this form right now, can you even get a better Steph Curry? So getting a better Steph Curry will probably get you an astronomically talented <laughs> Steph Curry, which is unimaginable. Steph wow. Curry is the young man is is in a league of his own. It's in a league of his own. Exactly. And I think this season, this season they might just nick the title again. They're looking good for it. Oh. I mean it's team. Kachi, I want to ask, I want to I want to ask you a question. Who do you think, in your own honest opinion, in the NBA right now, a point guard, three-point shooter, close to Steph Curry? Like, or could be the next Steph Curry? There's no one. There's no one. <laughs> right now, in the, league, in the current NBA, among active players, there's uh-huh. nobody. Wow. Steph, Steph shoots at a ridiculous clip. He shoots at almost 49% um, um, from the three-point range. Who does that? I mean, almost one in every two three-point attempts goes in. Nobody does that. And, the, and what makes it so unique and so interesting is Steph is not a ball dominant. He really exactly. doesn't need the ball in his hands to. I mean, he can give you 50 points off without bouncing the ball more than 25 times. Because it's a, it's a catch and release kind of point that he uh-huh. doesn't really need to drive to the perimeter. He can shoot it from the halfway, from the logo. You know, uh, and it's you said it. He has elevated the three-point game, and I mentioned it two or three weeks ago that the only thing that, and I don't want to, I can't blame Steph. It's just people. It's a copycat league now. You see, even LeBron trying logo shots and everything. We're seeing young kids, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids who don't even have the arm strength trying the three-point. <laughs> trying it in great. I, I, I watch pickup basketball, you know, around me and also on TV. And kids are trying this. The NCAA uh, basketball league just started now, and the next generations are also trying that. That's how much impact Steph has had. So if you are if you're asking me um, who is closer to Steph, like, there's really no one. Who should from the the, in fact, the next best person is a 36 year old Camelo Anthony. That's that's how bad. That's how bad it is. Just okay. Don't worry. A couple of a couple of weeks. I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you a couple of weeks ago. That who is the best point guard ever in the history of the NBA? I don't want you to answer right now. Echo your sentiments. You want to say something? Okay. Yeah. Um relating to your question about who could be like Steph Curry. 
the, there are three potential players that I see can be like Steph Curry, but in all honesty, they can never be him. You have Trey Young of Atlanta Hawks. Okay. He played wonderfully well last season, but this season hasn't well, been consistent. Yeah, exactly. Then Same with David Booker. You also have Booker, don't, 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 don't cage. Okay. You know, he's okay. Yeah. He, 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 he's, he's a dependable player. Then uh-huh. finally, you have this, you have this guy, um, Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat. Okay. Exciting player. And he's so exciting and he's good. He's so good that um, the Miami Heat, they gave him a five-year, $90 million contract. That shows that they've identified something special. Something about special. It. But okay. at the end of it all, at the end of it all, nobody can match the consistency and the, the tenacity of that young man. Let me call him young man called um, <laughs> Steph, Curry. Steph Curry, who has carried the team on his shoulders for years, like um, the Lionel Messi of of of, of uh, Barcelona. I, I don't I, those three guys might they might they might yeah they might improve on their games, but I don't yeah. think they can get to that limit, that crescendo star play of uh, Steph Curry. I don't okay. think so. All right, perfect. That's great. Um, of course, um, Sally Samerty did a, a strange one from being disqualified to winning the to winning the race. Um, Kachi. Wow. Um, Lewis Hamilton continues to define logic and continues to pile memories and memories uh, to an already expansive uh, repertoire of memories, so to speak. By the time he retires and people want to pick landmark races in his career, this race will be one of the races that he's got. Uh, the, the Brazilian Grand Prix in Interlagos was uh, filled with drama. First on Friday uh, in qualifying, because they used the sprint qualifying this time around, even though he qualified fastest and should have started the sprint race from pole, um, he was disqualified due to a technical issue with his rear wing. He started the start today sprint qualifying from the 20th position and fought his way to finish fifth. But because of the technical issue that led to his disqualification, he was given a five-place grid penalty, which wow. means even though he was supposed to start fifth, he ended up starting 10th. And, and from 10th, he drove a masterclass in the same country where his idol and the person who made him take up Formula One racing, H.S. Senna was born. Uh, Lewis gave us a race for the ages. And the 61th lap, after having pitted for fresher tires, three laps after the championship leader, Max Verstappen, uh-huh. Lewis overtook him on the third, third attempt. Um, wow. And this was after they already had uh, a coming together in lap 41, where that the stewards did a racing event and did not have any reason to, to disqualify or penalize uh, Max Verstappen. We have said it at Verstappen, we said it at the beginning of the season that Verstappen is the one person who can challenge Lewis. Challenge he Lewis. currently leads the championship by 14 points 14 with points. three races to go. But okay. what, what you should really know and what our listeners should know is those three races in the is the tracks there favor uh, Mercedes more than they favor Red Bull. Because Red Bull. when it's on a straight line, Mercedes has more electrical power to bypass uh, Red Bull. Red so Bull. it's all to race for. Right now, there can only be one winner from those two. The other 18 drivers cannot make, cannot be the champion. So it's all to race for. And, uh, Mr. Mr. Pen, 
My wife is not a fan of Lewis because she thinks he wins all the time. So for neutral, such as my wife, um, long may this kind of rivalry continue between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for that wonderful analysis. And of course, I'm going to come to you now. David Benavides, uh, uh, Benavides, the guy that everybody's avoiding right now in the world, gave Davis a whooping of his life over the weekend, and now he wants Canelo. I don't know. Whatever he's smoking, I want some of it for him to win <laughs> Canelo. I will work Canelo, but I don't know. Maybe you have a difference of opinion about that, or you think it's good enough for Canelo. Uh, okay, thank you, Debo. Uh, let me start by uh, uh, discussing what uh, Benavides did over the weekend. And also, I think uh, Karen Davis actually brought a, a, a total uh, wrong move into, the, into, the into that particular bout. Yeah, he decided to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone deadly <laughs> as uh, uh, Benavides and the fight was totally, you know, stopped, uh, I think, around the uh, seventh round thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benavides uh, is a big, tough uh, boxer, uh, which happened to be the knockout artist of that particular division, talking of the super middleweight uh, division. And something is also on his side, uh, we're talking about age, is just 24 years. Is it mm -hmm. tall? big and uh, uh, heavy and dead boxer. Okay, uh, talking about uh, Saul Cadnello, um, Benavides actually was the WBC champion of that particular division as at uh, 2018, mm -hmm. and uh, had to vacate the belt because he failed a drug test at oh. a point. I think he tested for cocaine, so he had to lose the belt. So oh. had it been all this did not happen to Benavides. Canelo on a normal ground should have fought Benavides As, at one point undisputed. Okay. So right now we can say out of the champions, Benavides is still the one that Canelo has never beaten. beaten. So I think <laughs> it's going to be a good matchup between both fighters. Canelo, we know he has all the experience. He has the good team behind him. And he also has the power in his uh, punches. So talking about, yes, talking about Benavides. Benavides is the boxer that wants you to hit him because he's also ready to hit you. And at the end of the day, one person is supposed to go down. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. But I think okay. Canelo, with all the experience, the skill, the tenacity, uh -huh. the, the, the endurance in uh, in Hall is uh, uh, might, I think Canelo might a little bit edge it. Edge it. For the first time, I'm going to, uh, we're going to be seeing someone that has quite a lot of power facing Canelo. And I Canelo. think it's going to be a, wonder, a wonderful part to watch. All right, perfect. I'm, I'm pretty sure the boxing, the boxing federation are leaking that list right now. Alaika, you have a difference of opinion. Oh, I totally agree with um, she. Now, um, when you look at the, the there's something that they used to, we used to say. A lot of people say it. The other they, they come, the, the harder they come, the, no, no, the, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. You know, um, when you look at Benavides and Canelo. Benavides has three things going on for him. 
is younger, like he mentioned out, mentioned earlier. He's 24. Uh, Canelo is 31. He's taller than Canelo. He's 6'2, I think. And Canelo is five, is less than six. Then thirdly, um, he has a longer reach than Canelo. But all those demerits in quotes, all those disadvantages in quotes that Canelo has, he makes up for in two things. One is the best pound for pound fighter ever in boxing. Then two, he has fought 60 fights. That is times two of what? Of whatever it is. Times two and plus 10. <laughs> he has the experience. He has the strength. He has the tact. He has the skill. He has the wisdom. And I totally concur with the, the Shay that it's going to be a very tough fight. But I trust my Saul, Canelo Alvarez, to take the day at the end of the day. It's going to oh. be a beautiful fight. All right, perfect. And of course, we're looking forward to the match between uh, Potter and Crawford later this week. Um, I don't know who Shay you think I should support. Shay, who should I support? Potter? I like I like that name. I don't know both of those boxers, but I like Potter. I'm gonna support I Potter. think I think you should support Potter actually. I think okay. uh, he's the he's the fighter that's ready to fight any fighter. Uh he's still the person that has I think has uh, faced all the champions in that particular division. He's ready to take on any fight. And even people still wonder why uh, Terence Crawford decided to take on Sean Potter to defend his uh, bout. Um, Potter is the guy that has uh, fought everybody. He's been champion. He has lost. He has won and come back. Uh, so it's quite a little bit um, somehow for me. I think Terence Crawford is more skillful. Uh, 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 it, uh, it knows how to change styles within the ring, as in to manage uh, a game better. Potter is a toe-to-toe fighter. is ready to get you down at all, at any point in time. Potter's record, uh, I think he has like three defeats. But guess what? They are all... Yeah. Uh, split decisions. They are hard decisions. Nobody has been able to knock him out. And he has fought Eros Pence. He has fought Danny Garcia. He has fought Eugenie Zugas. He has fought Kate Tuman, Adrian Bronner. So wow. I think this is the guy that is ready to beat anybody. And he's ready to be beaten by anybody. He has nothing to lose. So that's what I'm, I, I'm looking at uh, forward to uh, uh, next week. Uh, let's see what happens between Crawford and Sean Potter. All right, perfect. Now we're going to quick break right now. And what we'll come back, we'll be jumping to the not so interesting world of football. But of course, Steven Gerrard is back to the Premier League. Eddie Howe is back with Newcastle. And the EPL management are not trying to make it easy for Newcastle. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Now to the not so interesting world of football right now. Uh, we'll start with the guys that have qualified from for the World Cup in Qatar. Um, but I'm just thinking about something, Kachi. Someone said, and I quote, if Messi happens to play in these Euro qualifiers, he will have scored more international goals than Ronaldo. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's debatable. And it's something that I want your opinion about. I'll start with you, Kachi. <laughs> It's, it's debatable, but it has an element of truth to it. Um, you need to see the, the caliber 
because unlike Africa, there is no elimination phase before the final phase of qualifiers. So what UEFA pretty much does is to split up its member nations into groups and then allow group winners to qualify automatically and second place team to go into a playoff. And there you find yourself being a European power competing against uh, Azerbaijan, uh, Kazakhstan, Albania, you know, and you can start part. You know, we call that empty calorie goals. But the truth is, and, and this is credit to Ronaldo, you play the team placed in front of you. Um, in, in spite of all these numerous uh, one-sided games, we've seen the, the classic David versus Goliath story. Case in point is what happened to Germany um, in these same qualifiers, losing, I can't remember, I think it's to Luxembourg or Northern Ireland, I can't remember. Yeah. In Germany, you know, so this thing happened. Not in we come back to Africa, my, my home country, Nigeria, hosted Central Africa Republic, a team ranked 150 places below Nigeria, and they lost in Lagos. You can never, also never forget Greece, not a powerhouse in 2004, yet they went to a tournament hosted in Portugal and beat the whole country. Twice. So, yes, <laughs> Possibility of, of Ronaldo uh, of Messi scoring more goals happened, but let's not also forget that South America also has whipping teams, and yet Messi is not getting this number of goals. So you can argue with there's merit to it, but until it happens and it can never happen, it will always be an argument and a warning. All right, perfect. Of course. Just, just, just so you understand, Ronaldo probably have to pay, face five teams in his own group. Messi has more than ten teams to face in his own group because in the in in the South American uh, qualifiers, you play against all the teams on the log. And of course, so so we have Germany that have qualified for the World Cup right now, Denmark, France, Mbappe scoring um, a super trick last night, um, Benzema with a brace as well. The not so much delectable um Antoine Griezmann scoring a brace. Um, I hope he gets his scoring boot back for Dego Simone's side when he gets back to Spain um, <laughs> later this week. Of course, Belgium, uh, as expected, uh Croatia too are qualified, and um Ronaldo's uh Portugal could qualify potentially if they defeat um Serbia. Is the game finished? Um, the game the game ended and um, Portugal lost at home to Serbia. So Serbia oh, wow. qualifies automatically. Automatically and goes to the playoff. Oh wow, that means a million pounds, a million um, euros actually did, did the wonder for the Serbians because the Serbian government actually uh, promised the exactly. Serbian players a million euros if they can stop Portugal <laughs> in that match, and they just did against against they, they successfully did it was the 90th minute goal. Um, Portugal were on course to qualify if they had finished the game in a draw. It, it was 1-1. The goal from Serbia, the first goal for Serbia was a very, very stupid goalkeeping error by Rui Patricio. Um, but uh, this is the same Serbia team that most people would say, oh, they are not a powerhouse. But they went into the, the dreaded Estadio del Dragao and wow. got a win. Portugal now has to navigate a potential banana skin in the playoffs. <laughs> in the playoffs. We saw, uh, we, we saw Italy miss out on the World Cup via playoff also uh, uh -huh. last World Cup. So it's not all um, home and dry yet for them. For and them. Um, with the kind of teams making it for the playoffs, they may have hope. 
Northern Macedonia beat Iceland to qualify for the playoffs. Just the same oh. way we were permutating during our post, uh, production call, Portugal may get the Northern Macedonia and uh, over two legs qualify for the World Cup. <laughs> for the World Cup. All right. Perfect. So, uh, okay. Portugal survived. Uh, so far, short defeat. Uh, Spain has qualified um, for, for the World Cup as well, with the results coming in just right now. Uh, Spain has qualified. And Jamie, Although they've already qualified, decided to uh, do one over Armenia as well. And of course, um, what else? In Africa, the guys that have qualified for the playoffs right now are Morocco, Senegal, Egypt, and Mali. Olayinka, uh, 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 for some strange reason, I can't see your Algeria here. I thought you said Algeria is the best team in the world right now. Olayinka. You know I'm going to come what? for your line card. You can't hide. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with your mind. Even if, even if it hasn't been confirmed yeah. that they qualify for the next round, which I doubt, because even in the last match, they play, they, they won it away 4-0. Uh-huh. They won uh-huh. it away 4-0. Yeah. So I'm sure that by the time the updated results comes or standings are yeah. they, they come in, you discover that you erroneously missed Algeria. Algeria. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, Algeria will probably be the first team from Africa to qualify for, for the World Cup. Because when you look at the caliber of players that they have in their team, and when you look at the way they've been demolishing teams during the playoffs, you have the likes of... Um, um, Akim, Akim, uh, Akim um, Ashraf, uh, you, 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 have the, you have um, Bera, Simani, Berama. you have, Simani, you have uh, the current um, African player of the year, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the I mean, it's it's a complete team. You have the Feguli, it's a Feguli. Yeah. You have Feguli there. It's a team that, honestly, right from the goalkeeping department up to the front, they are what it takes to compete with the best teams in the world. And mm-hmm. honest and mm-hmm. true to form, they are not going to disappoint me. I'm sure okay. of that. So okay. don't worry, you'll see okay. them soon. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure they will disappoint you very, 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 very soon. <laughs> Shay, I know like you have so much faith in Algeria right now, but I'm looking at the teams, um, especially from um, Africa, uh, Morocco, Senegal, Egypt, Mali, of course, Algeria. If Nigeria draws their next game against, I think it's um, the Central African Republic, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or Cape Verde Island. I think it's Cape Verde Island. Cape Verde. Nigeria could potentially join in the playoffs. If this comes down to the wire, who do you think? And of course, I think Ghana already... Yeah, so Shay, if Nigeria qualifies, all things being equal, Ghana already qualified, what does this potentially look like for Africa? Because this is, this is unfair if you ask me. I, I is unfair. We used to get teams qualify across Africa without the heavyweights playing against themselves. This is Morocco, Senegal, Egypt, Mali, Nigeria, Ghana, Algeria, and potentially two, three other teams. So that means the big boys are going down most definitely. Um, okay, uh, Debo, let's 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 look at it this way. Uh, Africa. Um, has only five slots uh-huh. for the World Cup. You uh-huh. want the best five to go to the World Cup. 
you want yeah. the exciting five to go to the World Cup. You want Africa to go and perform in the World Cup so that we can really tell the world that we deserve additional slots in the World Cup. And I think the only way we can achieve this is to actually make the best of the best play hmm. each other so that we yeah. can get the teams that are on form or yeah, in form does. rather to true go does. to the to the to, to, to the World Cup. So um when they started this particular uh, uh group um uh, seedings and this uh -huh. particular route to the World uh -huh. Cup it uh -huh. looked like okay it's going to be easier for the big boys to scale through these group stages which yeah. we've seen uh -huh. But now the main qualifier will actually be the a players. winner takes all between the big boys. And wow. I think it is okay because if you cannot beat the likes of Cote d'Ivoire, you can't beat the likes of Egypt when you meet them. And why are you going to the World Cup? That will be my question to Nigeria. Even though my mind as a Nigerian is praying, is praying for <laughs> a weak team. Because yeah. every, every, every country wants to be in the World Cup. Uh -huh. I think if this Nigerian cannot beat the top guys, there's no reason for them to go to the World so Cup. So who would you want for Nigeria our, to play against, honestly? Uh, okay, before I say that, our last yeah. two, three shows in the World Cup has been a show of, of shame. So I think if we are not worthy to be there, uh, I won't be bothered. Okay. Anyway... I don't mind uh, Nigeria playing the likes of Mali, Congo, Congo the likes of Equatorial Guinea, if they <laughs> happen to get out of that group. And I can see Algeria's, uh, uh, Inca's Algeria will be playing against Burkina Faso in their last match. I will prefer Burkina Faso beating them so that we can meet them. All right. <laughs> Perfect. So, so Olayinka. For all we know, Algeria might not even be at the playoffs. Okay, okay, I'm not gonna say anything again. Uh, so to to a little bit of uh transfer rumors and uh tidbit across the world across the globe, I could see it could be moving potentially to Borussia Dortmund on a temporary basis. Akin has not been given so much chances with uh, Chelsea, and injury has not been of of um of good of good to him as well of as not be pleasant to him as well Olayinka, when i came came to to chelsea we felt oh this is like the best new thing and um fresh out of uh, my axe young guy you know cerebral good passes good footwork and all where did he get it all wrong with chelsea was it lampard or was it himself not looking at after himself yeah, um, first of all, I need I need to mention the fact that um Akim's edge was it was it was an animal at um Ajax. He was so explosive, he was um he was talented there. And he still is talented. But at, uh, the, the key issue from my own perspective is um it's more of a um, tactical. I mean, we know that uh, um Titi Sukel, the, the coach of Chelsea, he prefers um a four three three, a, a three a three five three five formation. Two, yeah three five formation you know and Akim ever since he even right from his Ajax Ajax days he has never been seen as a very hard working midfielder that that tracks back uh -huh, and uh -huh. when you're playing five in the midfield the idea is that two will stay back three will go then on when the opposition has the ball those three 
out of the five midfielders with four back. So, and I think that Akim has not been able to display um, the characteristics, the characteristics or features that would that, uh, that actually needs to cement a place. place in, so in I think it's more of tactical. And you know, is players nowadays they, they tend to be very very sensitive. Once they think that they are being overlooked far, far too many times, like um, like Van der Berg of Man. My United, who, who also coincidentally came from Ajax, Ajax and appeared to have been overlooked. So maybe the problem might be the football philosophy from Ajax. One or two, it might be the fact that Ajax players find it difficult to adapt to the um, to British or English moving. way of playing, especially when you're dealing with high-level coaches like Thomas Tuchel, uh, I won't say Ole, like Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> So I think it's more of a formation thing. It has nothing to do with Akim's personality, personality. Or, or playing ability. It's a formation. Yeah. It's, it's a strategic thing. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you very much. And and. I'll First, uh, moving on to other things, uh, Danny Alves has moved back to Barcelona on a one pound or a one euro salary every week. I don't know who they are, who is fooling who. This is the same Danny Alves that has decided to sue the club that he left back in Brazil. Kachi, who is fooling who? <laughs> one pound. Are they, are they joking? Or no, nobody is fooling anyone. Um, okay. I think it's just a case of uh, creative accounting on the side of uh, Barcelona and uh, ah, Dani Alves's. Okay. Uh, I, I knew you, you have a criminal explanation for it. Continue, Kachi. Uh, no, uh, we've, seen, <laughs> we've seen it happen in the past where players decide to prorate their earnings and leave it. Instead of putting it in the actual contract, they put it as um, incentive. Okay. Let's not forget that when we were analyzing uh, what went wrong with Lionel Messi, Part of what we said Barcelona uh, management did not consider was, why not tell Messi to play at a much reduced contract and tie the rest of his money to be incentives? Those incentives will not add up to the contract value that you will take to your FA. Because uh -huh. you'll be like, oh, number of appearance, uh, if we get to, if you score X number of goals and the likes. Beyond the money, um, Dani Alves is coming to Barcelona to help uh, Xavi instilled a particular style of play, which the Nelson Semedos and the Semedo has gone to Okay, so Semedo is with Samuel Titi, Sergio Roberto probably have not seen. Uh, they would have to see somebody who, despite his age, has kept fit. Is actually, you know, those that. Some things, some things are more qualitative than quantitative. He may not start every day. He's probably going to be a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Professionalism, you know, um, diet, body maintenance, fitness. Yeah, yeah, Players yeah. see they see people who have done this, and he is going to come and he will be a sounding board to Javi. So Javi may not want to shout at the players, but he would have told him, um, Danny, I will shout at you. If they see me shout at you, they will. Will, exactly. So it's more psychological. I'm not saying he's not going to contribute, but in fact, to go back to your question, they are not fooling anyone. Those that know, know 
that Daniel Alves will not play for a dollar. Oh, for, the money is just the money yeah, for, is for, like for you accounting books. You are just ID behind the books. Okay. So the money is going to be like. All right, perfect. Whatever makes you a contact skip at night. <laughs> Sherry, I'm gonna to come to you. Ryan Stalin has not been getting so much playtime with Man City, and he's trying to move temporarily to Barcelona. Um come up uh, January. Do you think this is gonna be a good move for Ryan Stalin? Um, okay, good move for Ryan Stalin or good move for Barcelona. Um, I'm trying to think who is going to benefit uh, more. <laughs> yes. Uh, when uh, Guardiola decided to sign uh, the 100 million uh, Jack Grealish, <laughs> uh, if you remember very, <laughs> if you remember very well, Debo, we mentioned it that Ryan Stalin might end up leaving Man yeah. City. And we are seeing it already. Uh, lack of playing time for someone that holds, anyway, that's supposed to hold a shirt in the English national team. Uh -huh. That's not supposed to be so. And I know the English coach really believes so much in, uh, yeah, in Sterling and he will it keep is. using him. But the point is, he needs playing time. If he's going to get it in Barcelona, fantastic for him. But my question is, is he going to actually is it going to fit into Javi's plans? That will be that will be that will be the one million dollar question. So I think it should. Yeah, should. That shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, sure. It's so ironic that the man chasing Ryan Sterling out of Man City does not start in the English national team where Ryan Sterling starts, and Ryan Sterling sits on the bench at the level. Um, but to go back to what uh, uh, has been saying, I think it will bode well for Sterling. Um, because there's something about eating the humble pie and having a refresh, he's going to a team where expectations right now are not so, so high. high, yeah. Um, and and um, is going to be given almost three years to fail, so exactly to rebuild, exactly. To fail. So, his, his performance will not be deemed good or bad but, because he's in a rebuilding phase. Uh -huh, he needs uh -huh. that change of environment. He has tasted how Tiki Taka works already with the Pep Guardiola in, introduced. In fact, let's not let's let's be sincere with ourselves. Ryan Sterling got better when he started playing a Barcelona style of football. That means having cerebral midfielders around it. It's the yeah. Silvers, the Bilatis uh, Silvers, sorry. Um, Silvers Silva. and, uh, yeah. and the Brazilian uh, enforcer in Fernandinho. So going back to Barcelona, where all this originated from, I think it will bode well for him. What you will only say is, will he have the caliber of player he has in Man City to thrive very early? I guess that's the question. All right, perfect. Um, all right, I'm going to come to you right now. Um... Steve B. Gerard is back in the Premier League with Aston Villa. I was, I don't know, mixed feeling for me. I love Gerard and I, Aston Villa. They did well over the, they bought well over the summer, over the summer. But for some strange reasons, they've not gotten the results except for beating Manchester United. I think they've lost their last six or five games. Um, is this a good move for Gerard? coming to Aston Villa at this particular point in time? 
Stephen G, I want to believe has um, has learned um, the managerial baby ropes. He has learned the ropes by by what he has done so far, and he can only really get better. He has done three years at Rangers of yeah. Scotland, and within those three years, he has um, he, he won a trophy, and he actually grew the Rangers team. He developed it into a team that to a large extent were winning matches. I mean, and it was exemplified. His his um his tactical prowess, his growing tactical prowess was exemplified in the fact that I think in their last in his in his last two years or last two meetings in the old derby, they've won. I mean yeah. and they won convincingly, let me put it like that. Um Stephen G, I mean he, he paid his dues as a player. And I personally think that most good players that develop into managers in the world of soccer, they're usually players that that, uh, that play defensive midfield towards the end of their career. Look at Pep Guardiola. Look at Diego Simone. You know, look at Steven Gerrard. He has fallen into that group. Those kind of players, they have the ability to read matches very well. And that's why they usually develop into great coaches. Into massive coaches, is and I think he did the right thing. Instead of jumping into a big time club and putting himself under pressure, he has gone. He has joined a team whereby he will be given the opportunity to grow the team. They are in trouble. Aston Villa is in trouble, given the mm-hmm. fact that they are, they are they are the lower rung of the table. So right now, I don't think there's any pressure on him to win titles. The pressure, the number one pressure on him will be not to be in the relegation zone and also great team for the future. And I think is this, that's the best opportunity that can present itself to a coach of um, Gerard's um, uh, stature, you know, young and growing. So I think it's going to succeed. I only hope that it does not come to, it does not come to, uh, what's it called? Anfield and takes um, the maximum points. Or it, otherwise, we won't allow him to leave. <laughs> Gerard is going to be a great coach. And ultimately, it might even end up coming to... Um, Liverpool to Liverpool at, at one point or the other. All right. Um, just yeah, just for time. just so you know, um, Jared has played um two managed two hundred and fourteen games, uh, for Rangers, winning one hundred and whooping one hundred thirty eight games out of it, uh, with a sixty four point four nine percent. That's like sixty five percent win ratio after three years. And um, Gerard right now has an average point of one point nine per game. Which is massive as well. 60, 60, 60, yeah, 62.52 win percentage uh, for, for him while winning the league for a club that were in administration a couple of years ago. So I wish um, Liverpool, uh, I said Liverpool, Steven Gerrard well. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about Aston Villa, but if you look at the caliber of players they have at Aston Villa, uh, the Danny Hings of this world, um, Terrell Mings. Maybe, maybe, maybe they will be able to do it. And with if Matt Matthew and Matt Kashi could be the flying wing back for him, just so you know, he bought into jogging clubs idea. I, I believe the staff was posted on a social media handle as well for you to see, guys. If you want to see before Gerard, the flying wing backs of 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 us of Rangers don't have goals and assists, but after Gerard, they had massive was at least. 10 to 12 assists. A replica of what we are seeing in TTA and, and the Robinson at Liverpool. And of course, um, I'm going to come to you now, Kachi. Eddie Howe or Eddie Howe, 
Uh, if, oh. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, has decided to take the first shots at Newcastle right now. It's, it's, it's a job that I give it to him, pending the time when they get a world-class player. So it's, it's, it's more or less like the testing testing robots right now. Get us into that place, and when we are ready, we'll fire you to get a world-class coach. <laughs> but it, it, is it a good move for him? Out of job for, for quite a while now, and um, getting getting back to Castle. Castle have the history, not the players right now, but they have the history. Good yes, job um, very good. Uh, I think it's a good move. This is reminiscent of uh, the Man City move after the, the Sheikhs and the Billionaires joined and rather acquired the club, starting with Kevin Keegan, you know, um, and then, you know, just moving upwards like right there. Eddie Howe, let's not forget, at the point was touted as the best person to replace Arsene Wenger in yeah. Arsenal yeah. because he has an identifiable style of play. We've exactly. seen him time and again elevate the caliber of, of, of the players he's coached. The current, the guy currently leading the line for Newcastle, King, can't remember his first name, is actually a product of Eddie, Eddie Howe. No, Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. Wilson. Wilson is Bournemouth. a product of Eddie Howe of, of, of Bournemouth. We yeah. saw Bournemouth play very expansive style of football until I guess the only thing that happened to Eddie Howe was he overstayed his welcome. It's similar to what is happening with Brendan Rodgers. There's a point when the message stops getting across to the players. Uh, we saw Brendan collapse, next season collapse in Liverpool in um, and twice back-to-back -back season in Leicester. I guess for Eddie Howe, the risk will be, uh, the challenge will be, when will the ovation be loudest for me to go? I'd rather leave before I get replaced. But will he succeed? I expect him to. I don't know the kind of mandate he has. I think it's a two plus one contract he has, which is two years with an option to renew oh, for his third. Um, I think two years is enough for him. But like similar to um, Stevie G, the most important thing right now for all those billionaire money is they have to remain in the Premier League. It's a tough ask. Nobody who stays in the bottom three uh, the last five, six years in, in the Premiership has survived relegation. Um, Newcastle is on the precipice right now. With the, is that enough time for Eddie Howe to to turn to turn you know, the tables around? In, 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 impose his philosophy. Uh, time will tell. But is it a good signing for the caliber of club? Because Newcastle is not a big club. Let's not let's call <laughs> let's call it explain what it is. But they have Newcastle the, they have the is not a big club. They have in, they, they all have English clubs have this. But just, 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 like, just like Chelsea, just like Chelsea, they have history as well. You can't, you can't compare Newcastle with Bournemouth or you know or Burnley. They still have history. You cannot compare Newcastle to Chelsea. You cannot compare Newcastle. To Newcastle, Chelsea, 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 Chelsea were the team in two thousand and four that did not win the league for fifty years. Until Jose Mourinho came and taunted around for them. Okay, now let's not forget. Let's not forget that, in spite of the fact they were not winning leagues, they were winning FA Cups, they were yeah. winning UEFA. They yeah. were not small bodies. Newcastle, the best. Don't forget, this is not the first time they were experimenting with big money acquisition. This is not the first time Newcastle will try in. in infusing money into the league to see whether they can buy it. It's like 300 billion money. This is not small money. That is until Eddie Howe makes them buy it. 
until Lady Howe makes them viable, viable yeah. to continue to, continue I, to remain. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you on the kind side. I agree with you 100%. And of course, Enisali made his debut for, for Romania, 15 year old. Uh, coming up the bench is the youngest player to ever play for Romania in their history and in the, in, in the, in the history of European, European qualifiers, of course. And Mateos Ginta and Denis Zakari could be leaving Borussia Mönchengladbach. Don't forget these two guys are in the last uh, part of their contract. And the sports director of Borussia Mönchengladbach has come out to say these guys could be leaving before the end of the season, that is generally. And don't forget that um, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United are actually interested in Zeni, um, Denis Zakari. Uh, we hope someone is going to come out and buy one of these guys. Zakari, Zakari is actually a player that I, I, I hold in high esteem, probably for Manchester United to replace um, Fred. Anything about Fred right now for Manchester United. I'm pretty sure she is not in agreement with me. Uh, she, yeah, I'm going, <laughs> she, yeah, I'm going to come to you right now. Aminata uh, Diallo uh, was castigated a couple of days ago uh, for the, the, the tragic event that happened at PSG. Uh, she came out to say she's innocent and um, she has not been charged for anything right now. Uh, do you think, uh, especially with the media, that people should, should, should actually take a step back before putting out stories, especially damning stories like this into, into prints, or, or this is just about, it's just about money and, and ovation and likes. We don't care about the people involved because these are real human beings. And, 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 and I apologize personally for bringing out the story, breaking out, it, taking it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a breaking news uh, to see that uh, at least for now, she is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, uh, I think they were at least uh, we're happy that the news came out uh, about her being uh, innocent until otherwise. And I think that is the most important thing for her, for her career, and for her to be able to focus on her football going forward. Uh, but like you said, I think the press should be very careful how they put out words, especially things that are not yet, you know, uh, 100% verified. 100% verified and conf confirmed, especially when it's a case that has to do with uh, police. And um, I think the best way for her is to just keep her head down, try as much as possible to try to forget whatever. Because you know, you know uh, nowadays that the social media uh, a lot of posts, a lot of abuses, uh -huh. Uh -huh. especially we don't want to start talking about, uh, you know, race here, but uh -huh. especially because of the color of our skin, you could uh -huh. only wonder the type of insult, the type of even threats to life that the that young, young uh, lady could have, you know, yeah, could exactly. have uh, received. Yeah. And such things can even affect you psychologically when it comes to training. You want to step out of your house, you're looking over your shoulders and all that. But uh, it's just for us to just try to, uh, I think, try, try to inspire to continue to focus on our football, on our future, and definitely, I'm sure this shall pass. All right, perfect. We hope 
shall pass, it shall be for Aminatu Diallo. And of course, um, Alayika, Jack Wisha came out to say that he was thinking of retiring from football at the age of 29. When he goes on, the son asks him, Dad, when are you playing, when are you playing soccer again? Are you ever playing again? It's a sad one because I remember the, the, the 16-year-old um, winning the man of the match in his first game for Arsenal. Uh, bossing the, the midfield against Xavi and Inesta, the, probably the two best midfielders of that generation. And, and here we are, uh, a couple of years after um, uh, a dwindled uh, career. Do you think Arsenal, in all honesty, do you think Arsenal did not undo the career of Jack Wisher as they should? Or is just about Jack Wisher not taking care of himself? Or it was just mm -hmm. his, his style of play or a combination of, of the three? Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, I I basically think uh, the first one has to do with his com combative style of play. You know, I it was Jack Wishell is a player because he's still alive. He's a player <laughs> that I actually admired very much when he was at Arsenal. I I saw that African style, African mentality, African structure and way he played. You know, he, every game that he is he, he goes into. He plays with his heart. He plays uh -huh. with his might, and uh -huh. he also he, he also had the skill set then. And I mean, the trouble started when the injuries crept Stop, in, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, and I believe it has to do with the fact that it was well managed during that period. You know, um, when a player that you deem as being very important gets injured, as a coach, you quickly want to put him back into shape and throw him into the mix especially when you have very key games to be played. And I think um, that was what happened in his, um, that was what happened in his case. And you can imagine a guy moving from, moving from West Ham, sorry, yeah. from Arsenal, someone that played from Arsenal, moved so, to West Ham. No, he moved, now, no, he, no, he did not move to West Ham from Arsenal, he moved to Bournemouth from Arsenal. Yeah, initially was on loan. Yeah, he made, move, he moved, he made to, the move permanent then now. Uh, Oh, sorry, he went sorry, to West Ham. I sorry, he went to West Ham. I'm sorry. Went sorry to West Ham. Went to West Ham. Now moved to to Bournemouth. I mean, it's it's to me it's a, it's a sad story of a guy that, I mean, was once touted to be the next biggest thing in um in, in England football. football, you know. And I I think I just want to wish him well. Um, it gets to a stage in one's life when you know that your body can't take it again, and it's so sad that at the age of 29, Jack Wisha is saying that his body cannot take it again. And uh, I know England England has missed him, and it might be difficult to come up with another player in the mold of Jakusha. In the mold of Jakusha. All right, perfect. Um, Jakusha, we're sure about that. Uh, we wish you good luck. We wish you better health, even if he does not play football again. I remember a, a certain Dean um, of West Ham that had an injury playing for England as well. He's it, it's, it's doing pretty well for himself right now. In, within the science of football, Jack can do the same. It's not compulsory sometimes that you play football. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's this particular service, Desla of, of Germany, that had that struggle with mental issue, retired at the age of 24, 25 as well. So, um, Jack could go down that lane instead of hurting his, his, his body so much. Sheyi is saying Arsenal should improve their medical team. I agree with Sheyi 100%. When you're talking about players like uh, Diaby, Tomorrow Rusiski, Santi Cazola, mm -hmm. you know, among there, there were so many especially in that generation. And somehow, somehow, 
it's only us now that always have the injury injury worries, including Van Persie as well for a very long time as us as, as us now until these final two seasons that he kept he kept it somehow miraculously by using us placenta according to uh, Van Persie himself. He said he used because his wife is a Moroccan. He used the, the unorthodox way of us placenta. I don't know how much that works. Uh, maybe you should give Jacquisha the number of that. Of that doctor, of that doctor. <laughs> of course, of people to to the Premier League. Leicester City is going to be playing against Chelsea. Leicester has been a, in a poor form. Uh, Kachi, do you think Leicester could manage something? They are playing at the King Power Stadium against Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, um, Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea Leicester, okay. So. Leicester obviously inconsistent right now, but uh-huh. we've seen them elevate their game when they are playing the big boys. Uh, they narrowly lost to City, uh, the one against United. Um, I will not, it will not be against them because if there's anything that levels the playing field in the Premier League, it is the return from international breaks. Uh, players don't get their ratings again. So big teams usually struggle in the third game after an international break. That might just be what works in Leicester's favor. Uh, a lot of their players did not travel international games compared to Chelsea. Chelsea um, of never ruled them out. I'm not saying they will, I'm saying don't rule them out. All right, perfect. Aston Villa is going to be playing against uh, Brighton and Nova. I'm looking forward to that match. First game for Steven Gerrard, Bolly against Crystal Palace. I'm tipping uh, Patrick Vieira to win Bolly, even if it's an away game. Shea, do you agree with me? Do you think uh, Crystal Palace will defeat Bolly? I think they're one of the form teams in the yeah. league. So I definitely think uh, that they should be able to undo the bullish bond league team <laughs> and be able to put one uh, All right. against them. Perfect. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Galaga is going to be in a pretty pretty happy mood. He just got his international uh, call-up uh, to the English setup uh, due to the withdrawal of some major players like Ryan Sterling from the English team. And of course, Newcastle is going to be playing against Brentford as well. Norwich versus Southampton. Watford versus Manchester United. We expect Manchester United to win this one. If they don't, then bye-bye Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, Wolves versus West Ham United. Liverpool against Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool, don't forget last time out, they lost against West Ham. But of course, when you have Bosala, anything can happen. Um, Olaenka, do you think Liverpool is going to do one against Arsenal? Arsenal has pretty been the informed team, uh, but Liverpool with Salah and Sane is just on a different level. Um, like like uh, Kachi um, pointed out, you know, most most players, especially top players, when they come back from international breaks, they find it difficult to quickly jump. Okay. You know? So what do you um, think the scoreline is? Because we don't have so much time. Okay, what do you think the players like? went away, but they, they still have the they have the experience, they have the mental superiority over us now. It's gonna be a Liverpool win. All right, perfect, especially at Anfield. Nobody wants to go to Anfield. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants yeah, to go to Anfield. The fortress. <laughs> and of course, Manchester City are gonna be playing against everything. Kachi, you went to Anfield, you lost at Anfield, so don't unmute your mic. <laughs> I'm on it to say nobody wants to play in Anfield except Brighton and Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just such a bully. Uh, Vast City versus 
of Everything City at the Etihad. Um, Be Rafa Benitez uh, with his early, early form is understanding that he's back in the Premier League again. Sports versus Leeds United. Antonio Conte versus uh, Biesta. That's going to be an interesting one as well. And in the Spanish La Liga, Barcelona versus Espanyol. Um, that is a, a local derby for Barcelona. It's never an easy one for them. And Atletico Madrid will be playing against Osasuna. We expect Atletico Madrid to win that. Of course, unless they join Atletico Madrid. Um, Granada versus Real Madrid will be the final top clash in this in Spain. And of course, in Italy, Lazio will be playing against Juventus. So Mario Sarri is going back. He's going back to, no, sorry, sorry. He's welcoming Juventus, his old side, to Rome. And of course, Florentina will be playing against Milan. Um, Florentina has been going up and down. We don't understand Fiorentina, but Milan with their form should be able to do something against um, Fiorentina. Inter Milan versus Napoli. And of course, Diona versus Roma. Kachi, you want to say something to a shout out to someone? No, not, not to someone, but special shout out to the Canadian men's national team uh, for keeping it real in the current 2022 World Cup qualifier. 1-1 one, one nil against Costa Rica. We don't say so much about them. I think we should give credit to whom credit is due. They are currently third on the table after seven games. We expect them to maintain that, and hopefully we'll be rooting for both Nigeria and Canada. So, so if we win, sorry, I'm in Nigeria. So if we win, if we, if, if we are third, are we qualifying for the World Cup? The top three teams uh, qualify automatically. Automatically. All right, perfect. So we Canadians, we are going to the World Cup next year by the special guest of God. If the GR wants, they should qualify. If they don't, they should not. But of course, Victor Osime is the oldest property in Europe right now. I don't, I don't think Osime should not be at the World Cup anyways. So because of Osime, I'm supporting and I'm supporting the GR. I had a change of mind. That's the wrap and that's the show, guys. Thank you very much for staying tuned with us. Thank you very much, Kati Olainka, Abshayi, so we we'll see you guys again next week when we'll be coming with the review of the Youth Premier League and all the all the work up all the um the league matches. Don't stop supporting sport and make sure you follow all our social media handles. Thank you very much, guys, and have a wonderful sporting week.